Welcome to Hermophobia 24. I'm Alan. And I'm Mark. And we're here to finish up talking about 2005. If you haven't already clawed out your ears, <laughs> we've got some more for you. Uh, part part one was a bit of an endurance run, and I'm afraid that, you know what, your feet are going to get blistered here too. <laughs> so, <laughs> so strap on those shoes. Or whatever it takes to get through the night. And uh, join us as, as we finish exploring 2005. Alrighty, here it is. Here we go. Less concerned about fitting into the world. Your world, that is. Because it doesn't really matter. No one doesn't really matter. No it doesn't really matter anymore. None of this really matters anymore. This summer. Hey, you want to play ball? Let's play. Say it again. The bad news bears are taking the field. You guys swing like Helen Keller at a pinata party. From Paramount Pictures. Hey, what time you get off work? And the director of School of Rock. Yeah, I'm gonna throw you something called a screwball. It's all right, kid. You had a helmet on. Imagine if you didn't. You know what I'm saying? Billy Bob Thornton. Is he dead? He's drunk. Forget this. I'm taking his wallet. Bad News Bears. Are you drinking? That's uh, non-alcoholic. I'm driving, you know. You hear that, Toby? Drinking and driving don't mix. That's right. You wake up in prison married to some guy named Big Blue and he's branding his initials in your house. Since we picked um, 40 years here to cover in, uh, in film history from 1970 to the present, I'm sure it'll be... Presents? I didn't need presents. Yeah, you don't get any. I'm sure it'll be the, it'll be at least, you know, 2010 by the time we're done all of this. So <laughs> we can safely save 40 years. Um, as, as cycles in Hollywood occurred, movies that, um, that we're going to be covering from the earlier section, the 70s, 80s, and who knows, possibly even the 90s, we're going to start seeing them get remade as, uh, as we come towards the end. And yeah. in 2005, we've seen a few remakes. Um, oh, more than a few. Yeah. And yeah. that's what we're going to, we're going to talk about now. We're going to take a look at the remakes that, that occurred in 2005. Now there may be remakes of stuff that happened of stuff that was made before 2005, but since it's just the four, the 40 year spectrum that we're focusing on, those are the only remakes that we're really going to take into consideration. Yes, King Kong was, you know, a film made what like 1926. Yeah, and and subsequently again. And well, again. yeah, it was remade again in in um, 76. So we'll be looking at that, the remake of that, rather than the original 1926 Fairy. version. Exactly. Yeah. So, well, since we're there, why not start with King Kong? This was uh, Peter Jackson's reimagining of the. Mm-hmm. The, the the Beauty and the Beast tale. Yeah, um, I I will have to say that uh, the the visuals and like the special effects stunning in this. Uh, Jack Black isn't as overbearing as he normally is in it, where in in his movies. So that was quite pleasant ish. I don't know. Um, 
Oh, what was the name of the captain of the, of the uh, ship? I don't uh, know. Let's let's. What was your what was your general impression of the movie though? Um, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Enough that I think I bought it. Yeah. Do you? Yeah. Hey. It was so fucking long. Like it, I, it was I think a bit long, yeah. I think I watched the theatrical version, and there's an extended cut beyond that. Like I can't imagine sitting through fucking four hours of fucking King Kong, especially when an hour of that is a goddamn dinosaur chase. Like, what the fuck has dinosaurs got to do with? No, I just... it was the island that they, that they were on. Oh, it was okay. kind of like a Lost World kind of deal. Oh, that's cool. Make that movie. Make the Lost World. I'm sitting there fucking for three hours going, okay, when are they getting to New York? <laughs> I'm waiting for the fucking Empire State Building scene here. And it just, it took forever to get there. Now, contrast that to the 1976 version, which went to the island, got its business done, and got shit back to New York. I love the 1976 version. It is probably my favorite version of King Kong. Uh, I know that it's, it's, um, it's also probably the most hokey version of the three. Um, you know, it's obviously a dude in ape suit and, uh, and, uh, a, a big animatronic hand for Jessica Lang to sit on and, and all that sort of stuff. But which was the same with Faye Ray. Yeah. Her but yeah. I liked it. I really liked it. I thought that, um, I, I, I found Kong to be really endearing in that, in that, uh, particular one. I thought Jessica Lang was amazing. That was her first feature. And, um, Jeff Bridges was great as, you know, sort of the hero and you had, um, what's his nut? Charles, um, from Midnight Run, Groden. Charles Groden. Playing the, the asshole capitalist that was, you know, trying to profit off of all of this. Mm-hmm. I like it. I really like the 1976 version. I can't remember it. I'm oh. sure that when we do 1976, I will watch it. Yeah. Again. But yeah, it's just been like a long time since I've seen it. So. Yeah. In 2005, uh, John Carpenter was getting remade all over the place. Uh, beginning with the Assault on Precinct 13 remake. Mm-hmm. Um, your impressions of the remake? Um, t- you have put the nail right in place and hit it on the head when you said that this was the year for mediocrity. Yeah. Or mediocrity, sorry. Yeah. It, it is a very mediocre film. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there were no surprises, even though I do remember the original. Uh, yeah, it just, it didn't, it didn't bring anything like really new to, to the plate. Yeah. I wasn't even that crazy about the original, to tell you the truth. Really? Yeah. I mean, it was, I mean, it was, it was very typical of its time, sort of, you know, that kind of, it was, I mean, like there wasn't enough nudity or violence in it to call it an exploitation film, but it had that kind of exploit, exploitation film feel to it. Um, in the remake, I really liked uh, what's her name, De 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 Mateo. Yeah, Dre De Mateo. She was great in it, but other than that, I mean, Ethan Hawke I thought was pretty flat, and just it, it was just kind of like, okay, it's on. I watched it. It's over. I will never see this or think about it again. Well, who knew? <laughs> who knew we'd be here discussing it? You know, four years later, but <clears throat> but uh, also we saw the remake of The Fog. Which was a great film, the the night what is it eighty two version, nineteen eighty, um, with Jamie Lee Curtis and Janet Lee and Hal Holbrook and and uh, see I don't have the same love for the original that you do I do uh, part of my problem is is that I held it in such high esteem as 
one of the scariest movies I'd ever seen as a kid. And then I rewatched it. I It was not what I remembered it. And I think that has colored my 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 view of it since. Yeah, I don't ever recall finding it scary, so I, it it didn't scare me back then. Um, but I I enjoy the film. Like you know, I I don't get scared by horror films generally, mm-hmm. so I, it 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 didn't scare me. But it was it was a fun watch. The remake, not so much. Um, the remake was really a big piece of shit. It was the well. Who was on the WB that year? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Very much or so. Or the CW or whatever it is now. Yeah. Um, also, we had the remake of the Amityville Horror happen in uh, 2005. Uh, the original was 79, wasn't it? We covered this already. I believe so. Uh, yeah. Yeah. 19- James Brolin or, yeah, James Brolin and uh, Margot uh, Kidder. Yeah. Yep. And uh, so we had the remake with. Uh, What's his nut? Ryan, Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. And Melissa George. Yes. And what did you think of the remake? Um, remember, this is one of the ones that I have highlighted in orange on my, oh, on you didn't my see list. It. I never I never got a chance to see it. Surprisingly not a bad remake. Yeah, I, I knew I remember we we had talked about it in, in seventy nine that yeah. you had said that you had liked yeah. the, the remake. It um yeah, it it was surprisingly not not that offensive like you know I, I i think that the movie the original has so much notoriety but it wasn't really all that scary where they actually the book was pretty good yeah, yeah. Well, i think it's one of those things too i think it really depends on your whole belief system and and mm-hmm. your faith and stuff like that in, into how much horror or, or that you can suck out of it to begin with but um, Ryan Reynolds was great in it. Like, he was really, really good in it. And, um, yeah, it wasn't bad. Yeah, and, yeah, one of these is I really hope to actually watch all of my orange highlighted movies because, yeah, I highlighted them for a reason. Yeah. And that was one of them, you know, so. Um, this year we saw a remake of, of uh, Charlie and the Cho- Chocolate Factory by Tim Burton. Um, I would have to say I... I preferred it to the uh, Gene Wilder version, mm-hmm. um, but that's not saying that I liked it. <laughs> it was it was all right, but I found the I found the Gene Wilder version uh, kind of creepy. Me too. I remember my mom dropped me off for for a matinee to go see that in a Cinnaboy. Yeah. And I was waiting outside the theater for her before she came back to pick me up because I didn't want to fucking sit in there and watch it anymore. It yeah, just it, it was like, eh. and I've I've never liked it. I've had I've never had any affection for it. I've never had any see, connection I'd to like, it. I like I like Gene Wilder, yeah. like like yeah. Young Frankenstein, great, yeah. great funny stuff, Blazing Saddles. But yeah, yeah this uh, it was just a little bit creepy. The, the the remake or the original? The original, yeah. Um, well, the remake was creepy for a whole different reason. I, Johnny yeah. Depp is coming off as some even whiter Michael Jackson. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, like, so, hey, what are you going to do with these kids there, man? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Dip them in candy and start licking. Uh, although I did I did kind of like uh, the Oompa Loompas in this one. All, all played by, um, oh, what's his name again? Deep Roy. Yeah, I... I <laughs> I know that I watched it, but I probably didn't pay too much attention. I didn't like the original, um, and this one, I it just the the first time I saw it, I watched it all the way through without a problem. Um, 
I used to live uh, with somebody who hadn't seen it, so we watched it again. We both ended up falling asleep watching it the second time around. So that yeah. kind of explains a lot, I'm thinking. And we discussed earlier that the island uh, was released this year, which was the remake of the Cronus... Uh, Clonus Horror. Clonus Horror, as you had said. Yep. Um, we saw two remakes of uh, Japanese uh, horror films. Um, the sequel to The Ring, or Ring. Ringu 2, <laughs> was remade as The Ring 2. And... Um, I don't know what the original title of Dark Water was, but it was it was a remake as well. Um, any thoughts on The Ring 2? Um, let me just check my list to see if it's orange and highlighted. Well, is it or not? Uh, it is. Okay. I, I, I bought the DVD uh, when it came into the bargain bins, and uh, I still haven't watched it yet. Yeah. It was, I mean, it was more of the same. It wasn't, it wasn't great. It wasn't horrible the first one is definitely better i don't know if they kind really of, needed to bother yeah uh for me that's i think i only bought it just so that i can have like, like a like a completion yeah of the story um, I, i've never seen the japanese one so i couldn't tell you if it's better or worse than it i tried watching ringu the, yeah. the japanese version they must find horror in a completely different way yeah. than we do. Uh, I I had had to turn it off because I was bored off of my chair. Yeah. Um, whereas, yeah, the first one, the Ring, the remake. Uh, I love yeah, I love the Ring. Nice like and the, the nice, American. Nice and creepy. Yeah. Um, Dark Water again. I I didn't see the original, but I, I did love Dark Water. Like I thought it was. They they really got the um, uh, the pacing and and the the tension and everything just right. They just it, you know it's that slow turning of the screw through the whole thing, right? Until mm -hmm. you until you kind of reach that that apex. It, it wasn't really well received. It didn't do well in theaters. This is one of those ones too that uh, I never never got a chance to see when when it was first in the theaters. I bought the DVD. I still haven't seen it yet. I, I love Jennifer Connelly. Yeah. And, yeah, Pete Postlethwaite's in this again yeah. as well. And, uh, yeah, I just, I will watch this. Yeah. It's, it's really cool. I mean, if you liked, um, like, The Orphanage and um, and stuff like that, you're going to like this. Like, it, it is. It's a really, really cool movie. Um, next is, next is a little confusing. This is a movie that a remake was made of, but released before it. Does that make any sense? <laughs> to me, it does, because I know what you're talking okay, about. Okay, well, I'm talking about Dominion, the prequel to The Exorcist, which is, in fact, a prequel to The Exorcist. It was filmed before um, Exorcist, the beginning, which was uh, made by Rennie Harlan, but mm -hmm. the studio didn't... This was Paul Schrader's film, Studio didn't particularly care for his vision. Yes, he he went for more yeah. of a kind of a, a a slow burn psychological kind of horror thing. Where, as I've said before, I love me some Rennie Harlan. He's the master of flash and trash, and they wanted a little bit more of that. So, um, they basically remade the movie and put Dominion on the shelf, and uh, and and released the the. The Harlan version. Didn't they use all the same actors too? Or? Not all. No, there was actually quite a bit of recasting. So, oh, okay. um, 
Yeah, because I haven't, I haven't seen either of them. Yeah, well, they they couldn't get everybody to stick around long <laughs> enough to fucking remake the goddamn thing again, like, kind of thing. Imagine right? like so, like like almost a full year of shooting two different movies that were the exact same movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, but and that's the well, thing; they weren't the exact same movie. But yeah, different. Yeah. But crazy. Dominion is, and I mean, I mean. I love I, and this is the part that kills me too. I love Paul Schrader as a filmmaker. I mm-hmm. he he made Cat People, the nineteen eighty two Cat People. He's made Patty Hearst. He's uh, he wrote Taxi Driver. He wrote The Last Temptation of Christ. He did Hardcore. He did American Gigolo. He's amazing. I love his stuff. Oh, he did the screenplay for uh, Mosquito Coast as well. Yeah, and I and I awesome. love Reddy Harlan. So you you know they they they've got two of my boys here. Fucking. Head to head. Yeah, which isn't fair. It's like <laughs> I cannot pick. It's Sophie's choice. It's like, <laughs> so I, I I enjoy both, I, and I will leave it at that. We also had a remake of The Longest Yard in two thousand and five. Did you get around to watching the original? I I watched the original back when it was original. Yeah, and yes, I that was one of my favorite movies from when I was growing up. Yeah, um, I. I liked me some Burt Reynolds back back in the day. So. And what did you think of the remake? I enjoyed it. I, you know what? I was, because I, I had not seen The Longest Yard until just a couple of weeks ago. I watched it in preparation for this. And um, I was really surprised at how faithful they remained to the original film. Yeah. Um, it was good. And Adam Sandler, very, very subdued in it. Compared to what, how he normally is, well, he's never really manic, but I mean, he's um, he was he was he was, he, he was more of a regular guy in this movie than yeah. he generally plays. Um, yeah, I, 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 it really surprised me. It was it was it was, it was a great film. There is freaking eye candy till my eyes can't take it no more in this movie. <laughs> I have to say, I am not generally a person who watches movies for any kind of hormonal motivation. But I've watched The Longest Yard more than once, not because it's a great film. <laughs> <laughs> and moving on, Bad News Bears got remade by um, oh, Richard Linklater. Richard Linklater. I I know. Yeah. Who would have thought that he'd be doing that yeah. after uh, the whole Before Sunrise, Before Sunset, What Waking Life, <laughs> um, you name it. You know, he he's dazed and confused. Newton Brothers, Slackers. I know. Yeah, he, he's um, definitely not the kind of film that you would expect from him. However, he did do School of Rock. So he kind of moved into that category where, you know, he's doing stuff like Before Sunset or mm-hmm. Before Sunrise, whichever the second one was, and then Before doing Sunrise. like a big Hollywood film as well, too. So uh, that's cool. I mean, Steven mm-hmm. Soderbergh does the sort of thing where, you know, he does a Hollywood film and then he does one for himself. If if that's... If that's the pattern that Linkletter can find for himself, yeah, awesome. one yeah, one one to pay the bills and yeah. to get the asses in the seat, and yeah, one to flex your art. Yeah. Now, what did you think of the remake? It was cute. Yeah, you know, a lot like the original. I thought the it you know it's fun, harmless, silly, wacky mm-hmm. goodness. You know, like you know, like I said, you know, I've said it before. There's there's a lot worse ways you can waste an hour and a half. Yeah, it yeah, by no stretch of the imagination is it uh Oscar worthy. Yeah. And by no stretch of the imagination is Billy Bob Thornton Walter Matthau. No. Yeah. No. I, Walter Matthau yeah. in the original is so endearing 
and uh, Tatum O'Neill in the original as well too. She's 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 really scrappy. <laughs> um, we saw uh, another remake of sorts with the Dukes of Hazard, based on a TV series from from our era here that mm-hmm. we're covering. Um, I was never a big fan of the TV show. I was. Oh, yeah. A lot. Uh, was did how much did that have to do with Catherine Box shorts? I have no comment. <laughs> <laughs> I I I had an autograph picture of her because I went to go see. I I, I went I went to Michigan. I went to an auto show and I saw one of the one of the uh, six uh, General Lees General Lees and one of the twelve uh, cop cars that they used. And Catherine Bach was there as well. <laughs> did you see her on Graham Norton? I did not. Oh. Okay, keep your memories intact, dude. Okay. Yeah. I know that uh, time hasn't been as kind to her as it has been to other members of the cast. I, yeah. Um, Tom Wolpat, yeah, but fucking uh, Schneider. Schneider. I know. He looks great. Oh, uh-huh. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Roll that tongue back in, okay? Um, the and what did you think of the remake? It it was all right. I like I like Sean William Scott. I like Sean William Scott, and I like um, Jackass dude. What's his name again? Oh, Johnny Knoxville. Johnny Knoxville. <laughs> Quit rubbing yourself. I like Johnny Knoxville. <laughs> <laughs> I I have to admit that I enjoyed the sequel or the sequel the, the remake the reimagining. Um, it was stupid sophomore humor, the same as the TV series was. Mm-hmm. Burt Reynolds was hilarious as Boss Hog, and it had Linda Carter. How could I not love it? Oh yeah, and she still looks fantastic. Oh my God. she's still just fucking gorgeous. Yes. Yeah. Um, I could live without Jessica Simpson, but again, they they made a smart choice here. They didn't give her any heavy heavy lifting to do. Yeah. So I mean, she you know she didn't she didn't tear the movie apart. She did her role adequately. Yes. But yeah, uh, Johnny Knoxville and Sean William Scott. Yeah. Yeah, they did a good job as Bo and Luke. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, the like the, the like sequel to this, uh, Dukes of Hazard, the early years or whatever it was. Yeah. Holy shit, run away from that if you have a chance to see that. <laughs> uh, next up, we've got the remake of The Poseidon Adventure, the classic disaster film from 1973, 74, somewhere in there. Uh, I thought it was 76. Yeah, it could be as late as that. I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not sure. Um, I did not get to watch the remake. Didn't you? I have not. That's by Wolfgang Peterson, your your, your buddy who did Das Boot. Das Bolt. Yeah, okay, you know, know. You, you be pretentious, I'll be me. Um, <laughs> the remake is a big cascading bowl of feces. It is so bad. So I'm kind of glad that I missed it. Yeah, it is, yeah. Oh, I think that's that's why I missed it, too. I, I got this from my roommate who worked on a cruise ship. <laughs> and, what a uh, nice guy. I know, and, and she watched it, and told me how much of a piece of crap it was and 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 her taste she likes really shitty movies (laughs) and if she didn't like it uh there's a good possibility that it was really really bad yeah 
I mean, the original is, I, I mean, especially in retrospect, it is very, very cheesy and very over the top and, and, and ridiculous, but it's, I don't know. There's, there's something that's very endearing about it, you know? Um, but the, but none of that holds true for the remake. It, it the remake is just, I, I honestly, I, I can't imagine what they were thinking of when they were like, let's remake the Poseidon adventure. And the last remake we have to talk about is Fun with Dick and Jane with uh, Jim Carrey and Tia Leone. Mm-hmm. And this was a remake of the George Seagull Jane Fonda film from... 1977. Yes. Any um, thoughts? I I thought it was a kind of a cute little movie. Uh, you can really see his, down, his down roll, uh, downward spiral into uh, desperation. And I thought he did a really good job. Oh, you're talking oh. about the character, not yes. Jim Carrey's career? <laughs> uh, no comment. <laughs> what did you think of the original? Uh, I I don't remember the original. I love the original. Jane Fonda. Uh, I, I got a thing for Jane Fonda, man. And um, not crazy about George Seagal, but it, it was a really, really, really fun movie. It there's there's some fairly big well not huge departures between the two, but um, if you could take Jim Carrey and put him back to 1977, being the age that he is, pair him up with Jane Fonda and remake it that way, that'd be awesome. I didn't I didn't want to like this remake, but I did like it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but I still love the original more. And Alrighty. that's it. Those were the remakes in 2005. Alrighty. Now we're going to take a look at, um, we'll each pick five stars from 2005 who, um, at one point, for one reason or another, made an impact. I generally take the approach with these that it sort of reaches a, when the, the person's, a point in the person's career where it mm-hmm. sort of turns. Um, I had a really difficult time finding five stars that I thought kind of had a really great year. So three, I I didn't, I, I had a fairly easy goal of about half of them. Yeah. See, I, I, I found three that I thought really had a big turning point and two that I kind of turned around on, um, that were a little bit more personal rather than, than really about their career. Mm -hmm. Um, maybe I'll let you go first with your number five. Um, I have to go with Anthony Head and Imagine Me and You as the dad mm-hmm. of, uh, the, yeah, the dad of the daughter who's getting married. Mm-hmm. Uh, brilliant little turn as the dad. <laughs> A really small role, but really, really funny. Yeah. Yeah. All, all of his lines are very, very quick, biting, humorous. It's, yeah. <laughs> Um, he's kind of in his own movie and <laughs> every now and then he pops into that one and it's, it's cute. It's, it's, yeah. it's a really, really fun turn. Yeah. Yes. You remember when we, all, when we were on vacation? Yes. We swam in the great barrier reef where you, where you, where you scared away all the sharks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, alrighty. Who's your number five? Uh, my number five was Kevin Costner. Uh, this was really not a peak career year for him. But he did The Upside of Anger, and I have never been a Kevin Costner fan up to this point. 
and I turned around on Kevin Costner in a big way because of his role. In yes, I remember you you mentioning that earlier, yeah. and uh, yeah, I I again, it's one more movie that I have not seen yet. Yeah, it, it's a role unlike anything he had done before, and it was so endearing. And I just I I loved him in this movie. I've I've loved Kevin Costner movies, but I've never loved, loved Kevin Costner in a movie until now. Well, alrighty. Uh, my next one up is Viggo Mortensen in uh, History of Violence. Uh, his his playing of the guy who wasn't the guy. It was I I just I I, I enjoy his acting, and yeah, he's good at what he does. Yeah. Uh, my number four was uh, Juliette Binoche again, another actor that I really have had no affection or respect for, and she put in two amazing performances this year, one in B season and one in cachet that just thoroughly impressed me. She took a role in cachet that could have been a very thankless um, wife role, and, and she made it into something special. And in B season, she broke my heart. The movie broke my heart. <laughs> yeah, it was... I, I I didn't get to finish watching Cachet and was only what half an hour into it, but uh, yeah, B season, yeah, she did a really good job. She was in amazing that too. in it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Alrighty, next up for me is Robert Downey Jr. in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. <laughs> <laughs> I do not want to mention anything about his role or this movie. You've got to see it. Yeah, it, it it's a great film. Going going cold, knowing knowing nothing about it. Yeah. Uh, my number three is uh, Felicity Huffman. This was a major career turning point for her, yeah, for her role in uh, Transamerica. To this point, she was just one of the Desperate Housewives and Bill Macy's wife. She had a, a you know a few small parts in in things like Magnolia and stuff like that, but this she she really impressed the world as the transgender. Yeah, I I was going to put her on my list. And I forgot. Oh no! Yes, uh, she played the man who was a woman who looked like a man. A man becomes a woman and and has to um, sort out the relationship with with uh, with her son, Mm -hmm. um, who doesn't know her. And (laughs) how do you explain to to the kid that you've never been involved in their life that you know? I'm your mommy and your daddy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm your father. Yeah. Who's yeah. your daddy? Me. <laughs> How do you like my shoes? <laughs> but yeah, she, she was fantastic in that. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm sorry I missed her on that one. Yeah. Uh, my number two was uh, Morgan Freeman. Uh, always, always puts in a good, solid performance in everything he does. I can't think of a role that he's done that he hasn't put in a good performance or at least uh, given it a really good shot. Uh, he was in uh, five movies. One, two, three, yeah. Five, Unleashed, Unfinished Life, Batman Begins, Edison, or Edison Force, depending on, on where it was released. And he did the narration for War of the Worlds. Uh, yeah, him in Unfinished Life, it's just... Yeah, he was great. He was great. Yeah, it just... Uh, Oh yeah, 
consummate professional. Yeah. That's what I like about him. Uh, my number two was Vigo Mortensen again. Uh, this is a guy who has for years been putting in really, really, really solid performances that have gotten um, a little bit of critical attention, but nothing that really pushed him out to the forefront. He did those stupid fucking Lord of the whatever <laughs> pieces of crap. And, uh, and he became a matinee idol over them. But with History yeah. of Violence, yeah. resoundly hailed as one of the best performances of the year and rightfully so and he puts in so much research into each role that he does too that yeah he was that little coffee shop owner he didn't well it was it was a year where he kind of reached a um a critical and um an audience peak you know that that everybody was behind him and mm -hmm. it, it finally you know the, the the two sides of the equation finally finally came together yeah i wish i had more time so i can watch that movie again just just for his performance but my number number one pick uh for a star that really showed his his range uh heath ledger uh it was in brothers grim i know you didn't like it but yeah a nice little comic turn there also in uh, casanova uh lords of dogtown uh, he played like an aging kind of hippie guy, surfer dude, uh, and Brokeback Mountain. Uh, huge critical acclaim for that, but again, uh, I haven't seen it, so I can't really comment on on his performance of that. But but I've seen the other, the other three movies, and yeah, he does a solid job in each one of them, and they are nothing alike. All three characters, so cool. Um, my number one pick for for the the star of of two thousand five would be Reese Witherspoon. She came on the scene really really young in uh, Man in the Moon and showed that she was an amazing actress. And you know she did really really solid roles in smaller films like Freeway, Election, Best Laid Plans. She had a little small part in American Psycho and everything else. And and then she became this box office sensation with, you know, movies like Legally Blonde and Sweet Home Alabama, but she didn't really have to flex her acting muscle too much. Mm -hmm. But in 2005, you know, she, she yeah. had a silly little comedy, just like Heaven, did well in theaters, and then she was June Carter Cash in Walk the Line, and she reminded people that, you know, she's not just a pretty face, she's not just an audience favorite. Mm -hmm. The girls got chops, and... The world's her oyster. I mean, she can she can do whatever it is that she wants. Like you know, she's she's an amazing acting talent that just happens to be really really beautiful. Yeah. Um, people, uh, are there any people that didn't make your list? Like didn't quite make make the cut? No. Like I said, I had a really hard time putting this list together. Oh, really? I, um, yeah, I, I I like like we've been saying all along. It's been a year of mediocrity, and there really hasn't been too many people that shine. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix as Johnny Cash sang all of his own songs or I think he's been a pretty solid actor throughout his career everything mm -hmm. from to die for to um even eight millimeters which so many people you know say is such a piece of crap he was great in it um so I, I don't think that 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 role was out, outside of his canon it wasn't you know it, I think mm -hmm. he's, he's been given a lot of opportunities to shine and this was just yet another one of them 
Alrighty then. I, I not that I you know for every I, I know. like I said like like I generally try and and try and see like um sort of a bigger picture for these people, but I had a really hard time seeing where this was this was a turning point for for actors. So that's why two of mine were kind of personal: the Juliet Binoche and Kevin Costner, just because they turned me around personally. Mm-hmm. We also going to talk about a few directors in uh, two thousand and five, and again I will. Uh, we have already talked about uh, this this director already, uh, Robert Rodriguez. I, you know what? He's right there on my list too. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I what think more we, can I we think say we've about really him? Said a lot about him already. Um, I just I can't wait to see more from this guy. I I'm looking forward to years and years and years of 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 being Robert Rodriguez eyesed. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So that was my number. That was that was that was one of my choices too. So throw out another dude. Uh, Neil Marshall for uh, the on descent. my list as well. <laughs> Holy yeah. shit, man! We're, wow, it's like we're on the same wavelength. Yeah, uh, I I never saw um uh what was his first one? Dog Soldiers. Uh, but I've I heard did. I've heard it's really cool. And I, I that is that is one of my collection I've got. Yeah, and I don't think Doomsday really kind of lived up to his potential. But the descent is an amazing, amazing, amazing film. Yes, and it saddens me that it is being sold for just like a couple of dollars in the bargain yeah. bins. Yeah, it, um, it 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 deserves a lot more respect than it's gotten. It's being sequelized this year, yeah. and everything else. So, it, but I mean, the the man should be very, very proud of of the descent. It it. It's a great film. It's not just a great genre film. It's a great film. Yes, and it keeps you guessing. Yeah. And it's don't want to say anything about yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> That's the you uh, have got to see it. I'm going to say the next one before you take them away from me, and that okay. would be the God Cronenberg. I knew you have to have him on your list yeah. somewhere. Um, That's why I, I I didn't put him on mine. <laughs> the history of violence this was this was the year this was the year that you know they actually gave him um they didn't exclude him from his own success you know what i mean like mm-hmm. with with dead ringers they people critics really kind of said that you know it was jeremy irons you know it was all about jeremy irons and everything else and finally they they had to acknowledge that it was david cronenberg behind the camera He's followed it up with Eastern Promises and shown once again that yeah. he has got the chops. However, the awards they they ignored him. I don't I don't know that he's ever going to get the respect that he deserves from no. from his own community. But History of Violence just further proved what an amazing an amazing actor he is, and probably exposed. You said actor. He's a director. Oh, I'm sorry, director. Hmm? And exposed him to a larger audience than he had been getting prior to this. Although he's a fairly competent actor as well, I yeah, kind of like uh, some of his roles actually. Um, my next one up uh, it's his uh, Lasse Hallstrom for an unfinished life and Casanova too this 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 year, and uh, um, in an unfinished life, his uh, it's just so I guess it's beautifully shot, directed, just. Everything about that movie is great. It's very kind of low key that builds up to points and sad and happy. 
Yeah, I, I, um, I would say that Lassie Hallstrom had peaked long before this. Um, in terms of his uh, uh, sort of cachet as a director, he's he's waning at this point. Casanova had actually sat on a shelf for a little while before it actually got released. That's why you have so many Heath Ledger movies coming out in one year. Ah. Um, I, I mean, I, I agree that it is a good film. It just, it, I, I don't think that, um, especially I think his previous film to that was Chocolate, which, you know, everybody lost their shit over. And Chocolat. It, yeah. Is that and, the Johnny Depp one? Yeah. Yeah. That was all right. I liked that one. Yeah. And mm. I, I would say that would have been more of, of, of a year for him or... Um, my life as a dog, or wow. and, and he's oh, um, what's eating Gilbert Grape? You know, he's yeah. I think he's had bigger, better years. I I, I totally agree that those two films are both really, really good films, mm-hmm. but not his best. Well, I didn't say they were his best, but I enjoyed them this year. Okay, I'm done. You're I'm done. telling you, dude. Oh. I've I had a really hard time with uh, with these ones. Uh, this one here is for the other Kung Fu fans out there. Stephen Chow, who both directed and starred in Kung Fu Hustle. I got nothing. Oh, man. <laughs> if I wish that you enjoyed this genre even half as much as I did. And, yeah, there's so many movies I'd love to introduce you to. <laughs> uh, and this is one of them. He is an amazing director and... Yeah, Kung Fu Hustle, top of his game. Very stylistic. Uh, I'm sure that you would enjoy it if you watched it. I don't. <laughs> Quit giving me that look. Alrighty, so those were our directors. That's it? Uh, yeah, that's all I've got. Um, there there were more, but we'll, we'll be talking about some of their movies a little bit later. No, 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 no. I need you to read my friends. Blood. Excuse me? I see blood. So much blood. Okay, that's nice, but... (gasps) You two. You're both in danger. Need to know? No. Back to the guy. It's not the guy. It's... It's a beast. You should fear. Okay. We're done here. Come on, Becky, let's go. Beware the moon. It feeds in the moonlight. You can't tell people this shit. In 2005, we had some hits and misses with the, the horror genre. Ooh. Imagine that. It, it was scary. <laughs> <laughs> um, as well as the ones that we were going to talk about. Um, there were a fair amount of releases this year, actually. Uh, beginning with the... Uh, what's his nut? Uwe Boll. The Uwe Boll classic, Alone, Alone in the Dark. Dark. <laughs> Based on the uh, video game. Wow, really, really shitty. Uh, the Cave. Cry Wolf. The Descent. Uh, Devil's Rejects. Dominion, the prequel to The Exorcist. Which we already spoke about. Yeah. Uh, the Fog. Hostel. House of Wax. Land of the Dead. Uh, the Ring 2. And Saw 2. Yes. Actually, we kind of accidentally read a couple that we're going to be talking about here. So, yeah. But uh, first up, um, you, I believe you wanted to speak of The Cave. The Cave. Um, 
another what happens in it caving kind of movie uh some people go into this uh cave they find underneath the monastery and uh strange things start happening there's all kinds of little weird monsters and shit um yeah coincidentally it uh, has two people from one of the movies i watched also a little cute little romantic comedy and this is not a romantic comedy at all uh, it's on the way. <laughs> There's no argument to be made for it. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it's full of pretty people. There's Eddie, yes. Eddie Spearian, um, Lena, Lena Headley. Hedy. Hedy. Uh, Piper Parable. Yes. And, Cole uh, Hauser. Hauser, yeah. yeah. Um, Morris Chestnut's in it as well, but uh, he's a lot pretty. Even. I imagine he's on a Star Trek show or something. <laughs> Daniel Day Kim. Um, but yeah, it's... It is no descent by any stretch of the imagination. No, and it isn't. It isn't an amazing movie, but it's it is, a good it's a mediocre good little, horror film. It's a good mediocre horror film. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, speaking of mediocrity, it, uh, there are many that say that Wes Craven stooped to it during uh, when he made Cursed. Um, I, however, enjoyed I, it. I did too. Yeah, it's one of those little. Yeah, okay, it's not a guilty pleasure because we both have no yeah. guilt in watching it. Uh, but then again, I I am a fan of Christina Ricci. Oh, it, it had a great cast. I mean, there yeah. was her Joshua Jackson who kind of skeeves me out, but um, there was a lot of little um parts that were um, who's Alan's wife? Portia de Rossi. Yeah, she has a funny little part in there. Um, so cute too. The pie fucker's girlfriend in American Pie, Liz- oh, Shannon Elizabeth. Shannon Elizabeth, yeah, she's in there. Um, there's, there's just a Milo lot of Ventimiglia, whatever his name is from Heroes, is okay. there as well. I hate him. He, yeah, he's he is he the guy that ends up. Uh, um, his name's Bo in the movie. I can't remember what, uh, it, what his part was at all. But is, isn't he the one that wants that? Remember, he keeps calling her brother a fag, but then he ends up fucking. Uh yeah, I think so. I don't know. It's I yeah. had to rewatch it again. Yeah. Um and I probably will rewatch it again even though it is one of those bad horror movies. Yeah. But, yeah, it's with a horror movie, you have to take this I don't know, level of goodness as being good. And it was it was all right. I I enjoyed it. Okay, but big picture. I mean, okay. Wes Craven had done the three Scream films and Red Eye, and then this. Okay. So I mean, the arguments made that this is definitely a lesser work compared to what it is that he had been putting out, and that argument is valid. But it's still a fun, silly horror film, and there's nothing wrong with that. Upset. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, up next is the. Actually, I, I, I just kind of blanked out on the like there. To, would you like me to say it? The Exorcism of Emily Rose. I was I was having my own little exorcism over here. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Um, this was a surprising film. It it's very low key. Um, this girl may or may not have been possessed, and she ended up died. She ended up dying during an exorcism. The girl's played by Jennifer Carpenter. If you're a Dexter fan, you'll know that she is uh, Dexter's sister in the show and, and currently his, his wife, wife in real life. Um, <laughs> That's a little bit E.P. Cray. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tom Wilkinson plays the priest that was performing the exorcism. 
and Laura Linney is the um, attorney who is defending him in court. That's what's kind of cool about this, because it has those kind of really neat horror elements to it. And it kind of turns into a courtroom drama. It, it's it's a very, very neat show. Mm-hmm. If you haven't seen it, give it a shot, because it will surprise you. And it's got some like really good, solid uh, Canadian actors in here, too. Uh, uh, Colm Fior, uh, J.R. Bourne, Henry Cherney's in this as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, uh, next is uh, Skeleton Key with Jenna Rollins, um, John Hurt, and Coldy Hawn's daughter. Kate Hudson. Cudley, Kate Hudson. Did you say cuddly Kate Hudson? No, I can't talk right now. I'm losing my voice. I know. It is a little bit late now. Yeah. I know. But uh, uh, I'd have to admit this is another one that I kind of I liked. enjoyed it. This is it's a, <laughs> it's a New Orleans uh, voodoo Horror film, something that I, I mean, we talked about, um, uh, what was the voodoo movie? Serpent in the Rainbow. And, yeah. and I kind of like this kind of stuff. It, it, um, I gravitate mm-hmm. towards it. And Peter Sassagard is in it. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, he plays the, the, the old couple's lawyer. Luke Marshall. Yes. He was in another film that we were talking about earlier too. I can't remember, but, um, it, it's, you know, it it's. Uh, I'm not going to say what it. I I don't want to say much more because there's a few elements that are happening in the movie, and I thought it it came to a satisfactory conclusion. Yes, it, and it, yeah, I rather enjoyed it. Um, but Peter Sarsgaard uh, was also in uh, the Dying Gall in 2005. No, that we didn't see. No. Uh, he was also in Flight Plan. That's the one that. We and he was about. also in Jarhead. Yeah, no, I was yeah. thinking of Flight Plan. He was the. Okay. Yeah. And the last horror flick we're going to talk about here quickly is Wolf Creek, a pit bull of a little fucking horror film that uh, uh, came out, out of, of Australia. Wasn't uh, it? Yeah. Yeah. This, it's got, I, I, I don't want to say too much about it, except that, you know, people along this stretch of highway start disappearing and we find out why. Yeah. It, um, it's oddly. I went into it cold. I so did I. Not nothing about yeah. it, and uh, I got the DVD, and it was like, bam! Yeah, hit me with a two by four. It was it was a great movie. It it, it not for the squeamish. No, <laughs> no, not at all. Yeah, and um, it, but it is genuinely effective. Probably one of the better horror films of the year. I would agree. Yeah, there are over five hundred and fifty million firearms in worldwide circulation. That's one firearm for every twelve people on the planet. The only question is, how do we arm the other 11? As always, there's a wealth of drama films released in a year, and 2005 is no different. No, there are a bajillion. And a half. Yes. Yes. um, uh, We'll be speaking of actually quite a few but uh, even those, the abundance thereafter is uh, including films such as Three Needles. Uh, the Ballad of... Oh, for Jack. Yeah, The Ballad of Jack and Rose. Bee Season. Breakfast on Pluto. Carlito's Way, Rise to Power. Cinderella Man. Coach Carter. Crash. Dear Wendy. Down in the Valley. Dreamer, inspired by a true story. 
Get Rich or Die Trying. Oh, God, don't. <laughs> Havoc. Uh, Junebug. Last Days. Little Fish. London. Lords of Dogtown. Manderley. Match Point. Me, You, and Everyone We Know. Memoirs of a Geisha. The New World by Terrence Malick. Nine Lives by the Cat Food Maker? I don't know. <laughs> North Country. Palindromes. Paradise Now. The Perfect Man. Rent. Roll Bounce. Separate Lies. The Squid and the Whale. Stay. Syriana. The Three burial, Burials of Malenkades Estrada. I don't know how to say his name. Or something like it. Mm-hmm. Thumbsucker. Two for the Money. An Unfinished Life. The Upside of Anger. Walk the Line. The Wedding Date. The White Countess. The World's Fastest Indian. Yours, Mine, and Ours. Yes. And the first one that we're going to speak about a little bit more in depth is uh, Hustle. The Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. (laughs) (laughs) Mark's favorite movie, as you can well imagine. I was he, only he, doing it because he likes you to, he likes to switch it. it up a little bit, a little transporter, a little traveling pants, you know, just it, it, it's <laughs> it's his way and we just need to accept that. I kid, I kid. Okay, first up we're going to talk briefly about hustle and flow. Yes, this, this which was... is much better than heavy and flow. <laughs> Cuz that one gets a little messy. Uh Oh man, it is way too late. <laughs> Um, this is the Terrence Howard movie where he plays a, a pimp who, who wants to get out of a life. He wants to make something out of himself. And, uh, by doing this, he does what all pimps do. He sings. No, he raps. Yeah. He gets his hoes to sing. Yes. Uh, played by Taran, uh, Taran Manning and Taraji P. Henson. Or Taraji, I don't know how's her name. Uh, she was actually in uh, several movies in 2005, too. Yeah. Um, what did you think of it? Repub- repugnant characters. Um, uh, characters I couldn't care about. I, um, music that I hated. And in spite of it all, I fucking liked the movie. I yeah. could, like, I'm sitting there watching it going, I can't stand any of these fucking people. I can't stand any of their motives. I can't stand their fucking music. Why am I enjoying the movie? <laughs> and it, it's because it is a well-made, well-told story. And, um, I mean, regardless as to what you think about about them or the music or anything else, it, it is, it's an engaging story. Yeah, and uh, surprisingly, the, with the 3-6 Mafia won for best song of the year that year. Yeah. Some things you don't need to bring back up. I know. That's weird. But, uh, yeah. Um, Who's the director? Uh, that was done by Craig Brewer. Who did uh, follow this up with Black Snake Moan, which is such a great oh, movie. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, I'd have to agree. There is nobody in here that uh, we, as white, middle-class North Americans, can... Uh, really identify with except for maybe the fact that yeah we work our asses off all the time too just like the horse yeah and i ain't getting no pussy (laughs) 
Uh, you're, yeah, you're, you're definitely getting no pussy. <laughs> uh, and sadly, neither am I. <laughs> um, the next film is The Constant Gardener. Um, I just finished watching this today, and um, I was mightily unimpressed. Yeah. Which is something to say because I like Rachel Weisz and I like Ray Fiennes. And, uh, yeah, it was the king of mediocrity 2005. Yeah, I disagree with you. I really, really like The Constant Gardener. It wasn't as good as I anticipated it being as much as I've heard about it. I was expecting it to be better. That's probably why I didn't like it as much yeah. because I, I had heard... And, yeah, I had believed the hype. But um, I think films like this where you have uh, corporations that are manipulating governments and stuff like that is scarier than anything we covered in the fucking horror section. It, it's something that yes. really kind of strikes fear into my heart. And so, of course, I was engaged that way. Ralph Fine's character, we have not seen him play a guy like this that is so sweet and so he's so in love with this woman and you know and and blindly in love with her t- to the point that he doesn't even really know what she's up to in mm. in her whole work thing. and and for a moment there like his faith in her was shaken for like mm-hmm. half a moment like yeah it just it, he was just just this really really sweet character rachel wise i i you know after watching the movie i went to go check her her um filmography and i've seen a lot of stuff that she's in and I've never really noticed her until this movie. She was fucking amazing in this. Mm-hmm. She sold this character like fucking nobody's business. I really liked her. And I I was very impressed. All right. Yeah. Uh, the next film we're going to talk about quickly is Curtis Hansen's In Her Shoes. I don't know if you've seen this or not. I have not. Okay. Then I'm not going to go into it. I liked it. I liked it. Shirley MacLaine. Um... Uh, Tony Collette and Cameron Diaz. This is the guy who gave us the River Wild, LA Confidential, Eight Mile. Actually, Eight Mile was actually a fairly decent uh, movie. Maybe when we get to that year. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, don't don't write it off as a complete uh, chick flick. There's a a lot to be said about family relationships and stuff like that that's happening hmm. in the movie. Um, next film is Good Night and Good Luck which was uh, directed by George Clooney, who we were singing the praises of not too long ago. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the, the movie about, oh, what's his name? Merle, the... Ed, Edward? Yes, yeah, Edward R. Merle. Yeah. Um, the CBS anchor who uh, kind of defied um, sort of what was being dictated to say at the time mm-hmm. in... in, in the broadcast news during the whole McCarthy area era area, the McCarthy area beyond the Valley over there. Where you all know. the commies are. Yeah. <laughs> um, David Strathorn, amazing performance. Uh, Patricia Clarkson's great in it. It's just a really, really, really solid movie. Again, you have uh, not seen it. no man. Yeah. I, there is such a list of movies I haven't seen because I've been working like a dog for years now. Yeah. Yeah. Even your sad excuses. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, next is Lord of War with uh, N- Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Uh, have you seen this? I have. And? I I kind of liked it. It was, it was, it was uh, very... Low-key, then it just kind of went... 
Yeah, I... It wasn't what I expected it to be. Like, I was really expecting it to be more of a satire than it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but that aside, um, it was a very interesting movie about something that I would not normally be interested in. That it kept me engaged, I think, was very, very, very promising. It's about this uh, young, I believe they were Polish uh, or no, they're what's something in the fringes of Russia there? Czech. No. Uh, anyhow. Yeah. Anyhow, um, it, he, you know, son of son of um, immigrants. Romanian. Could be. And. Uh, who decides, you know, that he doesn't want to, to work hard like, uh, like his family and, and, and start selling arms and, you know, it starts off selling a couple of guns and before you know it, he's selling tanks and, and, uh, choppers and everything else. And, and it, again, you know, this whole, um, I, I, I actually don't want to get into the whole ending of it because that's just not fair. But, yeah. you know, certain things come to light that may, you know, relate back to sort of the constant gardener in a, in, in a way that, you know, this is a little bit more unsettling than 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 you would expect it to be. Um, next up is Layer Cake, which is a movie I have not seen, but Mark would like to speak about. I enjoyed this because it has my man Daniel Craig in it. Um, it is, uh, kind of, a English organized, just shut up, man. I, I, I saw you heading for the mic. Just relax. Well, you wanted to talk about it and all I got was hand gestures and they don't translate well onto the. <laughs> uh, it's this guy who is in, uh, organized crime and, uh, he, it's kind of like stepping up in the world and it's, I can't give any of the plot points away because I don't, that you, you've got to see that. Is it layered like a cake? It is. Ah. It has many layers like cool. a really good cake. Um, it is, it's a beautifully done movie and it brings, brings you places that you weren't expecting. It's cool. You've got to see it. Uh, next is Ridley Scott's epic, epic, epic Kingdom of Heaven. <laughs> uh, this is a film about the Crusades starring Orlando Bloom, Liam Neeson. Jeremy Irons. Uh, who else is in it? Oh, that guy that played that guy that we didn't find out his name until the end of the movie. Oh, he was very nice. <laughs> uh, it, I, I enjoyed it. I know you did not enjoy the three and a half hour version that we watched of it, but uh, I did. See, this is what happens. You buy films thinking, I'm going to watch this someday because I'm going to really, really enjoy it. It's a Ridley Scott movie. Of course I'm going to enjoy this. And then before you get to watch it, they release a four disc special edition of it and you go, well, I need that too. And you get that. What? Extra footage? Fantastic! Yeah, and then it turns out not to really be the movie you think it's about. <laughs> well, see, I, I knew what it was about. Alan, for I some reason... I thought it was reason... about the Holy Grail. I thought it was about the fucking search <laughs> for the Holy Grail. Don't ask me why, but that's uh, what I thought it was about. Uh, 
That and then, is, that, that, that amuses me to and no then there, And then there were so many fucking factions of the Crusades, I couldn't figure out who the fuck was a Christian and who what was on suicide. And I couldn't fucking, I couldn't sort my fucking head from a hole in the ground trying to watch that movie. It, oh, it lost me. Oh, uh, The guy from uh, Whistnell and I. Uh, the, the, what's his name? He played, he played the guy in the white tabard. That had the cross on it. Okay, I, I don't Never know. Dude. Mind. Okay. Moving yeah. along. Okay. <laughs> that, that's all you had to say. Well, no, I. Let's just not. I, I. I enjoyed the movie. Uh, Liam Neeson. Oh uh, no, you. Yeah. You. You didn't. You didn't seem to have too much trouble following. Here's a, a big problem of mine. When I'm watching a movie, I kind of need a laptop sitting in front of me, and if the movie ain't good, I'm going for the laptop. <laughs> I I had to explain major plot points to him. Well, a I couldn't keep times. track of who was who. Like it was just, yeah. they there was, I mean, like I I hate extraneous exposition in a film, but there was a lot of exposition lacking in this movie. Like every now and then, somebody to come out and say, you know, we're kind of on the same side or we're doing this or whatever would have been nice, but. See, and I, I, I picked up a lot of that from the, but you the have, subtle cues. Well, yeah, stuff. but you know about the history of all that sort of shit as well. I have nothing. I got nothing. When it comes to Crusades, I was like, what? They're cruising back alleys for her head or what? <laughs> like, what, what were they crusading for? Cruising for AIDS? What? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. So, I mean, it, 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 you know, it, it's about a time in history that I have absolutely no familiarity with. Um, I, I, I will undoubtedly sit down and watch this again because it, it's kind of the kind of movie that, that I've got to kind of watch peripherally like that mm-hmm. just to sort of get the landscape of it. And then I can sort of sink in deeper, but dude, we just didn't have time. Yeah. We have so many, so much stuff. Yeah. I, I have no doubt that it's a great film. It just, mm-hmm. it lost me in the first 30 minutes and I was never able to catch back up. So. Alrighty then. Next, we got uh, Jake Gyllenhaal in Jarhead. This is about, uh, it's actually based on uh, the book by the guy that went to war. In the, was it the first Gulf War? I believe so. Desert or, Storm? No, yeah, pre-Desert yeah, no, Storm. Well, they got there before Desert Storm broke, but they were there yeah, when were Desert, Desert Storm. Shield and yeah. Because they were there when they were burning the oil wells and everything. Desert so. buffet table. Yeah. Oh, that's dessert buffet. Okay. Um, it was uh, a fairly fairly decent movie. It wasn't what I thought it was going to be. Uh, there were some funny parts in it. There was some really sad parts in it. Uh, I guess I I didn't enjoy it. I got bored in it. I I know, yeah. A lot of the war movies, yeah. You just you just I I can see it in your eyes. And you switch off. <laughs> put put a, put a gun in a put a gun or a horse in a movie, and I'm almost always gone. But <laughs> what I really found surprising about this was that it was directed by Sam Mendes, who did um, uh, Road to Perdition and uh, American Beauty, and he just did uh, um, oh, Revolutionary Road, which I really liked, but um. Yeah, this didn't catch me at all. Uh, I was fault like I, I was paying very little attention to it, and yet I was surprisingly able to follow it quite well. <laughs> so that kind of uh, speaks to the film, I think. But uh, 
that being said, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal did a, a great job as his character. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I was thoroughly unimpressed. Again, the year of mediocrity. Yeah. I, I will defer to it. Uh, next up is uh, Guy Ritchie's Revolver. Uh, yes, this is uh, not his best work. Uh, not like uh, Snatch or uh, Lock, to- Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Swept Away? Better than Swept Away? No. <laughs> um, yes. Um, again, it has my man Jason Stay the Minute. Uh, but yeah, it's this um, this guy is in prison and... What? Don't bang the counter. Okay, I will not do that anymore. <laughs> um, it's kind of a uh, oh movie. It's a movie about this On guy. A little silver disc. <laughs> yes, yes. That's sitting in my collection in my room right now. Um, it stars Ray Liotta. I know that much. Yes, as a weird. Yeah, he's kind of fucked up, uh, gang lord kind of dealy, but uh, it's all about perception and uh, crime. It's I can't explain this man. It is like well, okay, really late. It, it got critically assassinated when it came out. So what is it that you saw in it that the critics didn't? Uh, I saw a good movie. Like but critics, what, what uh, about it was good though? Um, see, I you just had to pay attention in the movie, and it 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 delivered everything for you. Like it, uh, it was okay, guys. Those of you out there listening that have seen it, I let let me know. Let me know what uh, Mark if what you think Mark saw in it that everybody else didn't. I'm just saying, because, I mean, you're not really articulating what it is that, that, that... That's because my brain shut off about an hour and a half ago. Well, TFB for you. <laughs> the next film we're going to talk about quickly is uh, Steven Spielberg's Munich. Now, as I said before, when I sit down to watch a movie, I kind of need a laptop in front of me. I sat down to watch Munich without a laptop in front of me, and what happened, Mark? Uh, about 25, 30 minutes in... I saw you stretch out on the couch and said, hey, you're going to fall asleep? No. And you pulled your hat down and promptly <laughs> fell asleep. Um, yeah, I was unimpressed with this movie. I, I, know, I know the subject matter is near and dear to a lot of people's hearts. But, um, yeah, this is... Uh, Another Steven Spielberg kick at the can at uh, the whole Jewish experience. And, um, yeah, the acting was great in it, but uh, it wasn't what I expected. I know it wasn't what you expected It totally wasn't what I expected. I was expecting it to be about the events that happened at the Olympics, not the events that happened after the event at the Olympics. And yeah. that really kind of threw me off because I was kind of interested in finding out more about that because yeah. that happened what like in what seventy two right yeah you know it was a fairly big world international incident kind of thing and and they kind of just glossed over it at the beginning uh, I, I mean it's it's the catalyst for everything that happens in the movie but 
I would have, I would have really liked to, and I wouldn't even mind have gone on that adventure if they would have, if they would have started at the beginning. But I really kind of feel like you got dropped in halfway and are expected to hit the ground running with them. And I, again, I, you know, it's, it's something that I don't know very much about. So, um, I just, I wasn't engaged. It was, I, I was having a hard time figuring out which country who was from and, and, you know, like. Yeah, it, it was a bit too convoluted for its own good too yeah. in places. Um, yeah, it was, it was okay. <laughs> I know you're hearing this a lot in this episode. It was okay. Yeah. It was not great, though. It wasn't on the great side of okay. It was on the lower side of, wow, this is almost a piece of shit, but it's uh, it's Ooh. still okay. Okay, next you wanted to talk about Shop Girl. Yes, this is uh, a movie that was based on a book and the screenplay written by Stephen... Stephen. Steve Martin. Steve Martin? <laughs> Steve Martin. Oh. Um, <laughs> I thought a, the two of these had in common for a second there. In a, a dramatic turn. <laughs> okay. No, I am I am Mark Farton. Oh. Okay. That was the Farton part I thought you had in common. Yeah. Um uh Steve Martin in a dramatic role, uh as the as the older male lead who kind of falls in love with a shop girl who sells uh, evening gloves. And uh, she kind of falls for him and also this uh, roadie from a band. Oh, um, Jason... Uh, Schwartzman. Yes, from... That movie. That with, I love. With him in it. But where he's the, where he's the tweaker. Oh. Debbie Harry's in it, Mickey Rourke. Oh, John Legsliamo. Like okay, um, um, um or Debbie spun. Harry smacks the guy and fucking is it spun? Yeah, yeah. She calls him mud flap. <laughs> <laughs> she had a great role in that movie. Yeah, that was great. Um, but yeah, it is. Uh, it is such a such a beautiful little kind of love story, and I, I enjoyed it. Better or worse than Ellie's story? Um. Not remembering a single thing about Ellie's story right now, I would say it's a hundred times better. Oh, you're definitely not remembering Ellie's story. <laughs> not at all. Because Ellie's story was great. It was it was a really good movie, and I would have thought that the two would be very comparable. Um, again, yeah, I, I'm not even sure if I've seen Ellie's story. So, with him and Victoria Tennant, uh, Sarah Jessica Parker. Uh, really? I, I know he was in it, but yeah, um, I just have to say that. Uh, I, I really enjoyed this one. Cool. It, yeah. Brought me to places that I liked. Next up, Syriana. Ah, this is the other movie that George Clooney was nominated for. Uh, did he know he won an Academy Award for? Did he win this one? Yeah. Oh, that's right. He he was yeah nominated for director of Good Night and Good yes. Luck and Best Supporting Actor for... Okay. Now I got it. This is yet another movie that I have not seen this year. I I saw this when it came out. I my memory of it is kind of foggy. I do know that when it was over, 
I was not a hundred percent what had just happened, but you know how like you know when you get sort of an impression of something, and and I think that that's very much what Syriana was like is that you kind of you're shown all of these different aspects of of things that are happening in the Middle East, you know, from a political side, from a business side, from a citizen side, from a uh, CIA side from you know you're seeing all these little different angles about how all the intricacies of of life and politics and and the budding of pe- terrorism and the the stranglehold of of oil and everything else is sort of worming its way through th- through mm-hmm. this nation and they're connected but they're not interconnected you know what I mean mm-hmm. like it, it, it the movie almost has this weird sort of disassociation with itself. But you come away with this feeling that um, you've seen something kind of... Um, like a bigger picture? Yeah. But mm-hmm. even though you can't quite put it all together, it's a movie I really want to see again because, like I said, it's kind of like Kingdom of Heaven where when I have a hard time following a movie, mm-hmm. I kind of have to watch it, get the lay of the land, and then come back and then... Sort of yeah when when this when this one was coming out in 2005 I remember watching the trailers for it and uh it did not interest me in one in one bit it you know what it didn't interest me either but I, like I said like I I couldn't tell you what was happening from moment to moment but I was engaged the entire time mm-hmm. like it is it is a it is a good movie well uh, hopefully one of these days I will get to see it. Yes. Because it gets a fairly decent rating on the IMDb, and we all know what that's all about. But <laughs> uh, still, 43,935 votes. Yeah. All right. Next, uh, we mentioned briefly before, but we'll talk a little bit more about uh, Transamerica. Uh, this is, again, is where Felicity Huffman is playing the transgender um do you say transgender woman if they become a woman, or do you say trans transgender man because they were a man? Uh, post op transsexual. Say, okay, that works. I don't know if she was post op though. She was. No, she was pre op. I believe so. She was a pre op transsexual, yes. and yes. that's why she had to go see her son, his son, because right that was for her her whole um, psychological evaluation yeah before because the... she had lived for a year as a woman yes and then she had to, that yeah. was that was the last step great movie again Felicity Huffman just put in an, an amazing performance um fill in for me here for a sec because I I want to quickly take a look at um yeah I can't remember who played her son uh... but there was who was the uh, who was the old guy. That had the crush on her that they hooked up with. See, I, I haven't seen this since since, since the first came out. Well, this, this also, um, what's her nut from Four Brothers? Um, Fiona Flungo, Flungo Flu. She played her mother in it. Oh, Elizabeth Pena was in here. Um, Pena. Oh, I'm not. The name's not jumping out at me. Graham, Graham Green. Green. Yes, that's it. Yeah, I just, I just oh, saw it there. Graham and Bert Green. Young played her, uh, her father, um, Paulie from Rocky. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it, it has a great cast uh, of um, people that are nearly forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> well, and they were forgotten until we looked them up. Exactly. 
Um, but yeah, Graham Greene as the guy oh, that picks he's them up. He's so sweet. He yeah. is so sweet. Yeah, it um a very underrated performance by by him and Oh, movie. absolutely. Absolutely. Um next up, uh last one we've got here to talk about in the drama department is Where the Truth Lies, an Adam Ogoian movie about a um kind of a uh Martin and Lewis type of uh um comedy act entertainment act i guess more so um some big event had happened years and years ago that sort of split them and uh allison loman plays a reporter who's sort of digging into the past to sort of put it all together this is a really good movie kevin bacon's amazing in it um colin firth is amazing in it the weak link is Alison Lohman. She comes off as too young to be playing the part that she's playing. But other than that, it is a, it is a very, very good show. And if you're a fan of Adam McGoey and stuff, you're going to enjoy this as much as you did Exotica or um, what's the poster I got out the other end there? Oh, that... That sad movie. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's that sad movie called again. Or The Adjuster or Calendar or any of other Egoians films, which are just so amazing. Um, Just give me a second. The Sweet Hereafter. The Sweet Hereafter, yes. Um, Probably some of the reason why Alison Loma looked a little bit too young to play that part. She was only born in 1979. I know. I, I mean, she's 12, but. Yeah. And outside of... Good math on you, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Outside of the whole um, genres that, you know, a few films here that don't really fit in any place. We've got, um, in so far as documentaries, we've got The Aristocrats. The Aristocrats. uh, (laughs) Different comedians telling the same joke over and over again and expanding on it. Um, The stuff with... Uh, the guy or the dad from Full House. What's his name? Paul Reiser. No, no. Uh, um, Bob Saget. Bob Saget. Holy shit! Is he ever a funny, funny man? And the joke just gets dirtier and dirtier with each telling. So I kind of found that it wore thinner and thinner with each really? telling. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I thought it was a really cool concept, and Janine I mean, Garofalo's version was pretty. Oh, I, th- I thought the best was Gilbert Gottfried in, when doing it in front of that uh, that audience there. That was after he did the nine eleven joke that bombed. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, I, I I enjoyed the concept. I mean, like you know, I I found it amusing and everything. But mm-hmm. I, I some of the takes on it, it just it started to wear a little thin as it got toward the end. But good movie. Yeah, I I actually enjoyed it. I, yeah. I, I laughed through 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 most of it. So yeah. Um, the next one is Enron, the smartest guys in the room. Again, along the same lines as Constant Gardener and Lord of War and all that sort of stuff. All that, all that stuff where you really sort of see where you know the whole corporate system is just getting a stranglehold on on our lives and and everything else. It scares the shit out of me. And uh, the the deviousness and the evil. I just it's it yeah you know. I, we've got who's Madoff, that dude right now. That's yeah, that just swindled all that money away yeah. from people. It, you know, just people like that. I'm sorry. You know, 
white collar crime, the, the way they deal with it and everything else, it, it is um, it is so swept under the rug and everything else. They should just start taking them out behind the fucking prison and, and shooting them and start making examples so that people might get just a modicum of morality back. Yeah, because uh, yes, uh, the like with with this one here with this uh, Madoff guy that uh, that took all this money from all these like people and Kira and Kevin. I know, but not not just like stars and their own personal money. He think, he he bankrupted charities, man. Yes, and that is unconscionable. It's despicable. It's yeah. despicable. Yeah, and you you might say, "Oh, boo hoo! These stars lost all their money. They'll make more." Yeah, um, imagine if you everything that everything that you had was gone, or charities that you depended on suddenly had no more money because all of it was gone. Yeah. But I mean, the whole Enron thing was, I mean, it was disgusting. Like they were, you know, doing the revolving blackouts and, and selling stock out, out from under their own employees. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they were screwing over the people that were making the money. Like it just, it's disgusting. And it, um, yeah, it was, it was one of a couple really, really amazing documentaries that year. Um, and lastly, I'm just going to quickly speak about uh, Caché, which you didn't get a chance to fully see. No. Um, I think everybody's kind of familiar with the premise that uh, this couple start receiving videotapes in on their doorstep. Um, they're basically surveillance videos of, of their own house, the comings and goings and stuff like that. And um, things evolve from there. It starts getting darker and grimmer. The premise... Mm, see, that's just it. Like, the whole premise re- reminded me a lot of um, Lost Highway. You remember when uh, they started getting pictures and videos of them in their sleep and stuff like that like which really sounds really scary and fucked up the the premise of cachet i thought was all listening to it eventually oh i don't know how much to say um i thought it was going to be a lot scarier than it actually is but it's more of a think piece in the end it i really wanted you to see this movie by the time we said this one in particular i really wanted you to see because i thought it would be great to talk about the ending after the credits and everything, or after well, the end of the podcast, so that, it's currently still in my disk drive yeah. on my computer. It's just it. The ending is oh, it just oh, it was a great movie. Great movie. Mm-hmm. I, I I look forward to chatting with you about it at some point down the road here. For 13 years, Timothy Treadwell lived among the grizzly bears in the Alaskan wilderness. During that time, he shot over 100 hours of videotape. Until 2003, when he was killed by one of the bears he had sworn to protect. Well, I'm here with one of my favorite bears. It's Mr. Chocolate. Hey, Mr. Chocolate. He's been with me for over a decade, and he's been my good friend. Oh, he's a big bear. He's a big bear. A very big bear. Wow. In the interest of time, we're going to uh, sort of gloss over the uh, Roper and Ebert list of uh, 2005. Yes, it is a Roper and Ebert list by this time. And uh, we're going to do the same with the Oscars. We will post those at the website at hermophobia.blogspot.com, and you can take a quick little peruse at them. And instead, we will move right into 
our um our let's let's do overrated films first shall we well it's not just overrated but it's overrated and best forgotten that was the original title of that section overrated and best forgotten films that is it yeah i will let you uh go first we'll bat back and forth here Alrighty. um in no particular order uh be cool the follow-up to Get Shorty. Uh, the trailers for it made it look fantastic. And after watching Get Shorty in the theater like years before, I'm thinking, this is going to be great. I can't wait. So when, when it came out on DVD, I bought it right away. And then I watched it, and it's like, wow, I want my money back. <laughs> I felt ripped off. See, I hated Get Shorty. Really? Hated Get Shorty. And I kind of like to be cool. Didn't love it, but I I enjoyed it more than I did Get Shorty. See, I I really enjoyed Get Shorty, <laughs> but uh, all right, each their own, and it's in your court. Um, Wedding Crashers, huge success at the box office and everything else, but um, I think a little bit more successful than it was quality entertainment. It was it was a popcorn movie, and mm. at best, a popcorn movie. <laughs> Yeah, it it uh it is it, it is not in my collection though, it was definitely just just a rental. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't worth going to the theater to go see either, so Alrighty, I'll I'll give you that one. Uh my next on my list there is Deuce Bigelow European Gigolo. Uh as good as the first movie was, this one was bad. Uh wow. Um, I can't say much more than this guy should never open a movie. I got nothing. I got nothing. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> um, Next up for me is Capote. I thought it was, at best, a very okay movie, but, um, you know, the Oscar accolades and, and, and for all critics, the hype that it got, yeah, too, yeah. It was, at, it was, at best, a very okay movie. Yeah, um... I had no interest in seeing this at all. I liked the the subject matter, but just hearing Philip Seymour Hoffman talk. Oh, dude, that was the way Truman Capote talked. I know. I know. And that's just it. I would have gouged my ears out yeah. at some point with a pen or a key while trying to watch that. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good choice on that one. <laughs> um. My next up is Fantastic Four. It's a fantastic failure, in my in my opinion. Uh, we've already talked about why it was a little bit too bubblegummy. It wasn't where it should have been. I think you're calling that a, a best forgotten because it's definitely not overrated because it didn't get any kind of accolades at all. Yeah. Um, it did okay in the theaters. I don't judge it quite as harshly as you. I think that... Um, like I said, I think it just arrived a couple of years too late. I yeah. think that it there there wasn't room for a light, fluffy um, superhero movie in 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 the time in, that it showed up in these dark times yeah. that we live in now with the war and all. Yeah, uh, yeah, and we I was thinking about having a little contest because I actually have one of the cast and crew hats from it, but. Uh, yeah, that'd be a sad contest with a sadder prize. 
Um, my next uh, overrated film is King Kong. And I mean, you could argue that it's not really overrated because it didn't do that great in theaters, but it did do very, very well. I mean, you consider the running time on it and how many times it can be shown a day and yada, yada, yada. It did, it did well. It just didn't do, you know, Lord of the Poop fucking money is all. <laughs> and I just, um, I, I know people that it saw it and enjoyed it so much. And it was just like, it's just, it's too long. Like, and, and for me to say that a movie is too long, Dude, like, I will watch Tess over and over again. I will watch Howard's End over and over again. I will watch A Room with a View over and over again. These are films where fucking nothing happens for three hours. <laughs> and I am saying that King Kong is too long. Yeah, um, again, okay, I'm going to have to uh, agree to dis- disagree with you on that one. I, I enjoyed it, yeah. but not overly much. But, yeah, it I... Eh, overrated, maybe. Yeah, okay. Anyways, moving along to my next one on my list. Uh, This is also one of those best forgotten movies. And so much so that we forgot to put it in the science fiction and comic book things, Electra. Jennifer Garner reprises her role as Electra from the Ben Affleck Daredevil movie. Um, wow. What a piece of shit. So, you know, I think the whole Electra thing, like, I believe that that was a, they had to make it right then or they would have lost the rights to it. It was one of those things like the, remember when they, um, way back in the day, Roger Corman made the, the Fantastic Four, but the re, but it was made to never be released. Because it, oh. if they made it, then they could retain the rights for a little while. Well, the Electra thing, they only the rights were running up on it, and rather than renew it, they were trying to force a film out before the the, the rights ran out. They yeah. should have just let the fucking rights run yeah. out. Yeah, and see, like I I like Jennifer Garner at that point because she was uh, Sydney Bristow and Alias and like kicking ass all the time, and I was kind of hoping for a lot more of that ass kicking from a girl thing, but. Uh, yeah, it uh, it kissed ass more. I don't know, yeah. it was bad. You know how long I stayed awake for Munich? Yeah. For as long as I stayed awake in Electra, it made Munich look like an epic. Ha ha ha. Yeah, <laughs> it was opening credits. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. Next, I, I know that I am going to get flamed for this. I know that I'm going to be in trouble for this. Grizzly Man, I'm sorry, but that granola chewing stoner was Hi, he was fucked up, and he he, he, he thought he, he had this fucking connection with the bears. At best, he was a minor annoyance to those bears. At worst, he was dinner. It was, <laughs> it blew my mind. I heard so many people talking about this movie, and I was like, I've got to see this. I got to see this. And I sat down and watched it. And I was like, What is this Owen Wilson looking motherfucker doing? Like, I know I I didn't even watch the movie because. Uh, as much as I saw of it and the the thing on uh, PBS or whatnot about about him, uh, I just thought you get what you deserve. He's the guy you knew in high school that you run into ten years later and look down at the ground and keep walking and hope that he doesn't recognize you. Like this is not somebody that you canonize in a film and or or mortalize in a film. He was at best. 
Um, I, I just, he I, was the kid that ate the paste in kindergarten. He was the kid that snorted the paste. <laughs> uh, Anyhow, carrying yeah. on. Uh, last one on my list is uh, a movie we've already discussed a little bit, Alone in the Dark. Oh, God. Um, okay, it's not overrated because yeah. I, I think the critics nailed it. But it was a piece of poop. Yeah. Uh, it was sad to see so many good actors. Oh, I know. I you know what the poster art for it before it came out was fucking amazing. It had a great yeah. poster. Christian Slater, uh, Tara Reed before you know the funny boob job thing, mm. and um, and all the embarrassing publicity. But I was like, this is gonna be cool. This is gonna rock. And then it came out, and I was like, oh my god! <laughs> like I like seriously, I don't know if I made it ten minutes through. Like, I I watched it front to back, and uh, then you're a sucker for abuse. Yeah, yeah. I was I was hoping that it would redeem itself at some point in the movie. It didn't. Yeah. Um, I got I got three left here. I got Flight Plan, which um, okay, it was a top twenty film. Explain that to me. Explain that to me. Uh, I think just the drawing power of Jodie Foster into a theater. She should know better. Um, after that, I had the producers. Um, this is the movie adaptation of the Broadway adaptation of the original Mel Brooks movie. Um, uh, I enjoyed the original Mel Brooks movie. I'd say I wasn't even crazy about it. I was, I was, I was never a big fan of the movie and the remake reimagining musical was, oh my God, I, I, I shut it off. Mm-hmm. And lastly, again, this might be a little bit. On the controversial side, Brokeback Mountain. I am sorry, but I have so many fundamental issues with this movie. This is two men who are uh, cowboys. They're sheep farmers. Shut up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they basically destroyed the lives of other people because they couldn't fucking admit what it was that they were. And, and even if they couldn't admit what they were, that was fine. But then go off into your own fucking corner and don't. You haven't seen the movie. I'm fucking wrecking it for you now, dude. I am fucking. Don't worry. I'm throwing out the spoilers. Fucking Michelle Williams becomes this twisted, bitter, sick freak because of of her marriage to Heath Ledger, and Anne Hathaway becomes a fucking alcoholic because they're in these loveless fucking marriages that they can't understand why they're not connecting with their spouses the way people are supposed to. Because they're connecting, because the two men are connecting. Which, you know, okay, I get. It was a different time, and I've heard every argument for it. But the fact of the matter is, when you fuck up somebody else's life, you don't get to be the hero in the end. And then, and you don't get to be romanticized. Look at, um, imagine you and me. Yeah. Which is fundamentally the same story. But handled so much better. Um, people take accountability for their actions in it. Yes. Everybody behaves responsibly. I, I was so, I was like, I, I had only just seen Imagine You and Me in the last little while. And all I could think of was when I was watching it is going, why wasn't, why wasn't Brokeback Mountain this good? Mm-hmm. And it, 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 it was, it was just, it was a major disappointment and probably one of the most over, like, like I said, I haven't seen Crash yet. I don't know whether it was worthy of winning the Academy Award or not. Brokeback Mountain, I'd overrated in that. So many people were championing this film, and I think that it was a film that didn't deserve. They're probably 
probably championing it for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Like why all the Catholics hated uh, uh, the last temptation of Christ without without even seeing it. I'm not kidding, though. Well, no, it's like they didn't actually see the whole movie. They just heard, okay. Oh, no, no. I mean, this is, no, I mean, like, people were losing their shit because Brokeback Mountain didn't win Picture of the Year. Like, they were losing their shit because it didn't fucking win Picture of the Year. It wasn't that great of a movie. It just, I don't know. Well, how was, didn't like it. How was the acting from Jake Gyllenhaal and uh, Heath Ledger? Heath Ledger mumbled his way through it and... Jake Gyllenhaal smiled his way through it. Hmm. All right. I was, I was, I was so unimpressed, and it was a movie that I was really looking forward to see because I, you know, it's my peeps. But if those are my peeps, I don't want to be in that club. Did Did Anne Hathaway smile any in it at all? I can't barely remember. Okay, she has a really beautiful smile. Yeah, man. I, I recall she had a, a glass with a lot of. Uh, a lot of clinking uh, ice cubes <laughs> through most of it. So, and let's move on to our um, our what do we call these overlooked, underrated, or forgotten films. Alrighty, um, I'll start off with Breakfast on Pluto. Uh, this was not a movie that I had highlighted on my list, but uh, you had it lying around, and I decided to watch it. I was impressed. Um, it's about, uh, a guy who knows he shouldn't be a man, but he should be a woman, and he's, he names himself Kitten, and, uh, it's just his adventures through, uh, the 60s and 70s, and just fantastic movie, start to finish, I, I, I love it, I left with a smile. Right on. I still haven't seen it. Um, it's a Neil Jordan film. I really, really want to watch it. This is the guy who did Interview with the Vampire, The Crying Game. I mean, he's done he's done some amazing, amazing films. One of my favorite directors, and I just I just haven't got a chance to get around to watching it yet. You got to stop buying stuff that you're going to watch right away. I didn't buy that one. Huh. My goodness. Yes. I stole it off a dead dog. That dog wasn't dead when I started. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, my first is Domino. I I, I I more than vocalized my love for the film earlier. Mm-hmm. I think that it is really, truly underrated and underappreciated. All righty. Um, my next one up is Imagine Me and You. We've already talked a little bit about this one. But uh, this is uh, another love story between... Uh, a woman and the florist that supplies the the flowers to her wedding and it's it's beautiful yeah it's such a good movie it um i mean i think everybody knows what the movie's about it's you know um lesbian loving um that you know that the 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 florist is a lesbian and she's got the crush on the bride and all this sort of stuff and Everybody in it is so good. You know, um, what's her name? Piper Pop. Piper Parable. Yeah. And Lena Headley are... Hetty. So good together. Yes. Like, you know, they, they play off each other so well. Matthew Good as the uh, as the groom. Mm-hmm. He's great. You know, like, you sit there and you think, 
you know, whatever decision she makes, she's not going to make a bad one. Yeah. And, uh, like he is such a good man Yeah, because yeah, um, he loves her yeah. and he loves her enough to let her go. Okay. You don't have to watch Imagine You and Me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> to the aliens. I am sorry. I'm tired. <laughs> All right, my next one is The Matador with uh, Pierce Brosnan and, uh, what's his nut? I'm completely blank. I am too. Great movie, great cast. It was fantastic. I I really enjoyed it. Um, The guy whose name I can't remember, he plays a, he's an insurance salesman or something like that. Yeah. Who uh, meets up with this kind of uh, abrasive, Dodgy, dodgy <laughs> guy at at a at a at a hotel, and they Greg Kinnear, Greg Kinnear, die, and they they kind of assume a fast friendship, and it's but it's kind of a really odd relationship because you've never seen Pierce Brosnan like this before. It's yeah. a great dark comedy. I love black comedies. Um, check this out. I mean, like if you want. Some genuinely laugh out loud belly laughs that are probably not in the best taste. <laughs> Without going into the whole Judd Apatow type of humor, like I'm talking mm-hmm. about, you know, like in bad taste, as in, yeah, your mother, your mother, your mother brought you up better, kind of thing. Like it just, <laughs> it's funny. It is just a really, really funny movie, and. Director, I can't remember what his name is. He his follow up was uh, the Hunting Party with uh, Terrence Howard and Richard Gere. Another great movie as well. Um, the director on that was Richard Shepard. Richard Shepard, yes. Alrighty. Um, my next up is Roll Bounce. It's uh, it's about uh, this this group of teens back in the the seventies, right around right the disco era. Uh, who like to roller skate and uh, their, their local roller rink is about to close down and there's one last big bash there. And it is such a good, like a little feel good movie. And it's, it's, it's just such a, it's fun to watch. You got to watch it. And plus they're you're using like real roller skates and yeah, none of these like inline blade baloney things they got now. I used to go to roller rinks when I was younger. Okay, who didn't? <laughs> My next underrated film is Must Love Dogs uh, with John Cusack and Diane Lane and um, Christopher Plummer, Elizabeth Perkins. Uh, I like this movie a lot. It is, some would argue, a mediocre romantic comedy, but I don't know why. I just I love this movie. I could watch it. Over and over and over, and I, I yeah. kind of have. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I too liked it a lot. Uh, I'm I'm a big fan of John Cusack, so I love Diane Lane. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Starker so Channing's too. in it too. She's so funny, and Elizabeth Perkins. I come on, Celia from Weeds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How can you not love her? <laughs> Alrighty, uh, next up for me was Lords of Dogtown. Uh, Good movie. Um, this was uh, about. Um, uh, the Z Boys. Yeah. Uh, this the start of the skateboard revolution, and uh, wow. Uh, I 
don't want to fuck up and say what I did with Imagine Me and You. So I'm not going to say any more about it except think, for it is fantastic. It's one of those movies I think a lot of people have a bug up their ass about it because it's based on the documentary Dogtown and Z-Boys. Yeah. And it is a really great documentary. But I think the movie was the, the movie definitely has its merits as well. It got some great performances by a lot of really good up and coming young actors and um it, it it's it's it was good. It was very very entertaining. Yeah. Um, my next one is the prize winner of Defiance, Ohio, Julianne Moore, Woody Harrelson. I still haven't seen that. Uh, one it's just, it's touching and sweet and, and really endearing. Alrighty. Uh, based on a true story. Neat. Uh, my last underrated one I have is Wolf Creek. Ah, yes. We talked um, about that in the horror section. Yeah. Again. Yeah. I hadn't heard a word about it on, until I got it and it was like. I was blown away. Yeah. I still have several, so I'll go through these really, really fast. Uh, Greg Araki's Mysterious Skin with uh, Jordan, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Um, really, 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 really cool film that a lot of people didn't see about um, abuse and and the, the after effects of it. Um, November, which I had mentioned earlier with Courtney Cox, it's just a really, really cool kind of fuck-with-your-head kind of movie, and I love things like that. An unfinished life, you know. I had no desire. I had a an inkling to see this. It was hardly a desire. It was hardly anything that was doing this podcast is what finally pushed me into seeing it. Yeah, and I I regret having not seen it sooner. It it is it is a really really good movie. And I, I, I think, was surprised at the strength of uh, Robert Redford's role. Yeah, and it, his and, performance and is just Lopez yeah. Too. But um, this is one of those movies where I, I just a lot of people didn't see it, and if if you're carrying any baggage about you know Lopez or Redford or whatever it is, drop it and just sit down and watch the movie because it, it's good. Uh, next is the wedding date with um, oh Messing. Yes, Deborah Messing. It was sort of a romantic comedy vehicle for her, and much, much, much better than than I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one, you know, give it a shot. I, I thought it was kind of cute. Too. Yeah. Uh, Sky High. <sighs> I, I, I forgot to put that on my list. It cracked me up. I thought this was really, really funny. This is Kurt Russell and uh, Kelly Preston playing the parents of a young superhero. And they themselves are superhero. It is, and uh, Linda the, Carter plays the principal. Yeah. The oh, yeah. Too. Yeah. This was the other Linda Carter movie of the year. Yeah. Um, it was it was just a lot of fun. It's light. Um, turn your brain off, and just have fun with this movie because it is it is a lot of fun. Um, Dark Water again we talked about earlier. Uh, Jennifer Connelly, very underrated horror film, and lastly The Weatherman with um, uh, Nicholas Cage. Cage and Michael Caine, who really I enjoyed him so much in this movie. The movie has this kind of weird, disaffected vibe about it, mm-hmm. but it grows its heart as you watch it. Like it is, I have you seen it? I did, yeah. I, I was really surprised by this movie. I liked it a lot, a lot more than I was expecting that I would. Um, I might have to rewatch it just because uh, you seem so enthusiastic about it. I, I thought it was an okay movie. I, I was really expecting very, very, very little from it, and it really won me over. I liked it. Well, already then. And uh, those would be my underrated and overlooked films of uh, 2005. Awesome. 
Okay, now to round things out, we will do our top fives of the year. But um, first, we had a couple of uh, contributions for their top fives on our on our comments section at uh, hermophobia.blogspot.com, and um, we'll uh, we'll share those before we do our own. Um, first off is uh, one of our listeners, Mart- Martini. He uh, his top five list goes accordingly. Uh, number five, Howl's Moving Castle, a film I'm not familiar with. It's an animated movie. Is it? Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, number four, Enron, the smartest guys in the room. Number three, Sin City. Thank you, Martini, for showing the love that I didn't have room on my list for. Uh-huh. Number two, Grizzly Man. Sorry, Martini, for shitting on your movie. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, his number one pick is uh, Kung Fu Hustle. Woo! Yes. Yeah, I love it. And Ross shared with us his list. I like Ross's list. I like Ross's list because he kind of, he's doing his own thing here. And, and it's like you, you know, trying to distance yourself from Transporter. He embraces the badness. And you'll <laughs> see that in number four. <laughs> number five, um, his pick was uh, Harsh Times, which will actually show up on our 2006 list. So Because in 2005, it only played at uh, Sundance and the Toronto Film Festival. Yes, but you'll see how all that's explained on the, in the comments section. Uh, number four, House of Wax. <laughs> and I mean, you gotta, you got to admit, watching Paris Hilton's head slide down a piece of rebar, Warms your heart a little bit. Just, just a little bit, yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Uh, number three, Two Museums. Again, a movie I have not heard of. This is apparently a documentary he saw at the Vancouver International Film Festival. Uh, number two was Rent. Uh, and I, I, yeah. I got nothing. I can't say whether it was good, bad, or otherwise. I, I can just say that I will probably never know yeah. the joy that is Rent. Yeah, me neither. And his number one pick being the true... Star Wars fan that he is, he has chosen Star Wars Episode Three: The Revenge of the Sith. Alrighty. Thank and thank you guys so much for contributing those lists. I I really hope we get to see more from you guys in the future. Yes, and anybody else listening, we would like your list. Yes, as well. email hermophobia.blogspot.com. Put it in a pipe uh, bomb and leave it no. in our driveway. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> Hermophobia at gmail.com. Yeah, that'll work too. What yeah. did I say? Hermophobia.blogspot.com. Yeah. That's, who, that's where the comments are. Yeah. yeah, you can leave them there. Yeah. Or send us a voicemail as attached to an email. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One of these days, I got to set up my Skype and let people just call that and leave, leave voice messages. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll, I'll be doing crank calls. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Mark. This is your mother. Yeah. <laughs> Gee, Mom, you don't sound right. <laughs> All right, so here's our top five with no apologies. Um, I'll start off with my number five is, again, as, as, as I had gave love to it earlier, Don Rue's Happy Endings. All right, my number five is Sin City. Ah. Yeah. It, you know, Sin City danced outside of my top five list. Sin City and History of Violence. Actually, you can look at my list. There there they are. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, they were the two they, there was no room for. Literally dancing on the outside of it. Yeah. I had to cut three movies from my top five list to make five movies. Yeah. So. It's, you got to decide. What eventually I, I, I decided was that, okay, 
I had one spot left. I had three movies. I was like, okay, which of these movies would I sit down and watch right now? And that one was the one that won. Alrighty. So my number four was uh, B season. This movie fucked me up. Like seriously, if you listen to the last episode, you'll know that it yeah made me cry for about three days. Yeah, uh, I loved it. You are a big girl. I hello. <laughs> Where have you been? Are you new? Uh, yeah, I I did not get the same the same effect from it that you did. I swear to God, dude, fifteen minutes into this movie, and I was a mess. Uh, okay. Yeah, I <laughs> just something about it just got under my skin, and it just it fucking. Well, I did not let feel go. really really sorry for for the girl, and I never had any. I didn't have a feel sorry for her moment. I just, it was, it was watching this family implode that just, it was killing me. Ah. Yeah. Well, see, for me, it's usually the, it's the reconnection with family that I have a real hard time with that, that, that makes me cry a lot in movies. Like, like the son going home to see his parents for, or his dad. Yeah, that makes me cry. Teaches about everything, doesn't it? Okay, yeah. Like, oh, look at the little puppy. Oh, you should, you, should, yeah, you should have seen me watching Marley and me, dude. Oh. <laughs> I filled up my waste, waste paper basket with fucking snotty tissues. <laughs> All righty then. My number four is 40-Year-Old Virgin. Good show. Uh, I, I did not stop laughing through the whole thing. Uh, this uh, this hit on all cylinders. Yeah, there was there was no dead, dead weight in this movie at all. Ooh, Jane Lynch. Alrighty. Uh, my number three is Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, which we haven't really talked a lot about y- yet uh, on the show. Yeah. This was a uh, film written and directed by Shane Black. Shane Black had um, given us the, the, the films, written the films, uh, Lethal Weapon, uh, The Last Boy Scout, um, The Long Kiss Goodnight, one of my personal favorites. <laughs> um, he was, he was, he was probably the biggest action uh, screenwriter for a long, long time there, and one of the highest paid. And he kind of dropped out of sight for a while, and when he came back, he came back with Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, and he and came back with the condition that he got to direct it as well. And it was a thank you, Mr. Black. Beautifully done movie. I cannot believe that it did not get this, any more recognition yeah. it did. This, Val Kilmer, yeah. Robert Downey Jr. Uh, are, are at the top of their game. Yeah. Michelle uh, Monaghan, who is basically introduced in here, shines. She's she's fantastic in it, uh, playing the very non-traditional um, girl in peril. Yeah, and it's just it's got this really great offbeat sense of humor about it. Val Kilmer playing a gay detective. <laughs> it's fucking hysterical shit right there. Uh, Robert I, Downey Jr. is so clueless. It just it's a great movie, and. Uh, the reason why I'm talking a little bit so much or so much more about it right now too is that it is also my number three. Oh no way! Pick. Yes, <laughs> cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I could not get enough of this movie, and I am saddened by the fact that I lent this out and it never came home. Oh no! Yeah, um, I really have to go into Abbotsford and go through my DVD collection that's sitting in somebody else's home. Now you know why I do not lend out my DVDs. Yes, I do. All right, uh, my number two for 2005 is The Descent. I've talked about this ad nauseum. You uh, were looking at my list, weren't you? Nah, 
because that is also my number two. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. Can't say much, much about this. You have to go into it cold. Yeah. Uh, the less you know, the more you'll enjoy. Yes. And my number one is The Upside of Anger. I love this movie. Uh, Joan Allen, Kevin Costner, um, the, 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 the daughters, uh, Rachel Evan Wood, um, what's her name? Uh, Erica. Dude, if they're 12 and have breasts, you know their names, so. Get out of town. Um. I haven't seen it yet. Oh, my bad. Uh, Carrie Russell is in it as well. Um, just, this is a great movie. I, um. I laughed and I smiled and I cried and everything, everything that a movie should make you do the upside of anger did to me. And I just, I love it for it. See, I, I would like to see this movie and for some reason, uh, it has like evaded me. It's sitting in the living room, dude. I know. You've been evading it. Well, I don't get a lot of time to sit down and watch movies at home that often anymore. It's because you're masturbating in front of the computer all the time. That's only for six hours a day. I still have, well, those 16 that I work, so 22 two hours. Yeah, it's about okay. Yeah, I got two hours that I can kind of slide in there. Yeah, well, you better take it easy on that pant thumb because you're just wearing it down to a nub. <laughs> What's your number one? Uh, Martini and I share a number one. Oh, really? Yeah, it's Kung Fu Hustle by oh, Stephen God. Chow. Um. Yeah, I I cannot give enough praise to this movie. It is, like, it 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 was close in there. Those those last those last three, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, The Descent, and Kung Fu Hustle. They all they all rotated through the number one spot at some point <laughs> on my list. And uh, yeah, Kung Fu Hustle. Yeah, they, they must have rotated fast because you only made it up about fifteen minutes before we sat down to do this. So. <laughs> no, actually, no. The top five movies I did uh, when when we first sat down about like uh, what, half a day ago to start this recording. <laughs> oh my god, my ass is so oh. numb. Um, but yeah, this the story, the direction, the the acting, the the oh the cows. There's no cows. Oh, it's just it's so funny and it's so good. Yeah, I, I, again, I wish. I will take that, your word for it. I wish that I could get get you to sit down and watch this. But yeah, Stephen Chow as a director is also, a, he's also an actor. He's the he's the lead actor in the movie. And uh, he was supposed to direct uh, Seth Greenhorn, but now he's going to be Kato. Then. Yeah, well, no, he was also supposed to be Kato and direct it. Yeah, now he's just going to be Kato. But then uh, it, that's also up in the air still. Yeah. Too. Which is sad. He's, he's a horror like the rest of them. He'll be Kato. Let's hope so. <laughs> and that's 2005, folks. <laughs> as much as we could do, as much as we, we could subject you to. Oh, this is going to be punishment for you poor people to listen to. I I beg your forgiveness now. Yeah. Um, and that's just it. As, as long as this is, I still haven't seen about 25 of my highlighted movies to see. And he's holding the list up to the microphone for you guys to well, see. But if you can hear the paper rustling, see? Yeah. That was my Anyhow, paper with all my highlighting. We're, we're eating more precious seconds out of their lives here. So, 
Um, again, apologies. This sucker is long, um, and probably, and from from the lack of enthusiasm that we were getting for 2005, it's probably punishingly long. <laughs> and and for yes. that, and, we and, apologize. And, and for the mediocrity that was 2005 in cinema, and the mediocrity that was our presentation of it. Yes, I think that that is, is that is um, first and foremost to be. Okay, I. Uh, I do also extend my apologies. But, so, until next time, and next time will not be 1973, it will be one of our our, our little rotational specials uh, to be determined. We kind of think we got a direction that we're going, but we won't say anything definite. We'll follow up on... Uh, it's all about sex with page. aliens. Oh, oh shit, I'm sorry. With the giving away endings bullshit, man. What the fuck? <laughs> Anyhow, um, you know what? Run, run for your lives. But if you get a chance, uh, hit us up with a comment at hermophobia.blogspot.com or send us an email at hermophobia at gmail.com. Bye bye. Bye. bye.